How you doing everybody? This is Bourbon and Bass Fishing. This is episode Woo! one. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're excited. We've been talking about this for a while and finally got everything together. But you know what? We just need to sit down. We just gotta do it. Just gotta do it. Just gotta do it. It's like Nike. Just do it. Just do it. But it but it's better because it's you know, Nike is Nike, and here we are doing bourbon and bass fishing. So, you know, you know how much better that is than Whatever Nike wants to do today. Uh, I'd rather drink bourbon and hear you talk about bass fishing. <laughs> well, I'd rather go bass fishing it. and then drink bourbon afterwards. Anyway, so basically, um, this podcast is going to be us talking about, well, I hope you get it from the name, bourbon and bass fishing. Right? I don't know. Alright, so basically, you know, this channel is going to have, we're going to have our uh, videos, we're going to have, or we're going to call them out of the package, that's going to be myself, and Joey's going to be on for some of them, some of them he won't be, some of them, be he, he'll be there, and some comic relief, um, and we're going to take bass fishing baits right out of the package, and we're going to review them, right there in front of you, give a, give you our takes on them, give right Joey, who the has, box has no idea what's going on, his review on him, which, I mean, if you get a 10 out of 10 from him, like, that's basically, you know, anyone giving a 10 out of 10, but, like, you know, whatever. If I um, give a, a, a bass, anything related to bass fishing, a 10 out of 10, that means... I don't know what that means. I don't either, but we'll, we'll see. It, it means it was nice color, maybe. Maybe, like, like a nice green. I like green. Maybe have to go to the well. ER, because he... Try to grab the hook, but we'll see. That could happen. Um, we're also going to do some technique stuff where I, I sit down and I'll walk you through techniques and stuff. Only him, not me. Yeah. But the fun part is, is that's just the bass fishing side. So the bourbon side of this is we're going to be doing blind tastings. Um, that section we're going to call flight fishing, which light fishing. we've got our first one coming up, which is actually going to be Mashville 2. Which I'm super stoked about. I can't wait to go through that. You see him here. That's going to be so much fun. It'll be incredible. Um, and another section we're going to be doing is called Pop the Top, where we're going to be taking um, either hard-to-find, unique bourbons, or special bourbons, popular bourbons, uh, stuff that just, you know, you're just like, oh, you have to have a video for that. Um, and we're going to pop the top for you right here. And we're going to give you our yeah. honest review as we sit down and we, you know, drink it. Um, actually, we have one coming out here. And it's going to be the 2020 Bourbon of the Year. Sam Houston, 14-year. Woo! So excited for that. I have been dying for this bourbon. Dude. And we got our hands on it. So. We got our hands on it. It tastes incredible. And I'm so excited to review it. It's going to be so exciting. So exciting. I, I am so ready. Like... Yeah. You know, some people search for the unicorn, and I search for my Sam Houston 14 year. It's like having a, have your first child. I, I, don't, I, I, ha I don't have any children, but, yeah. you know, possibly. Maybe. Maybe we could go there. I'm not talking about children. I'm talking oh. about maybe that's the feeling. Okay. Yeah. Right. That'll work. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah. a little bit about ourselves. Uh, I'm Cameron. Uh... I am the bass fishing side of this podcast. 
Oh, yeah. And what I bring to the table from the bass fishing side is I, I fished all through high school, all through middle school. Uh, I grew up in Texas, bass fishing anytime I... Texas. What are you doing? Don't worry about me, man. All right. Just doing everything I could to bass fish. Uh, everything. Baseball. Gosh. <laughs> baseball, football, bass fishing. Everything growing up. Uh, I actually came up here. Um, On a horse. He didn't ride a horse. He had a truck. That would have been so cool. Though, that would have been dope. That would have been so awesome. But anyway, um, came up here about five years ago four years four or five years ago something like five what year is it 2020 covid four years ago five five 2016 something like that i don't know yeah, it's been a bit um i came up started fishing in college uh four years later yeah and i'm joining the new national professional fishing league uh that's gonna kick off in march on lake eufaula in alabama and I'm so roll tide. Just kidding. Don't roll tide, but that like dope. I'm so stoked to get it kicked off. Um, and along the way, I'm psyched. I I just picked up bourbon. Love bourbon. Started drinking bourbon. Um, you know, at age at age 21. And you know, I I just love the taste of bourbon. Love the history of bourbon. And then you know. Luckily, you know, my compatriot here shared the same feeling. So, what about you, Joey? Introduce yourself. Talk about it a little. Well, as he said, my name is Joey. You can call me Joe. Well, you can call me whatever you want because I can't hear you. Um, I, uh, I am a junior, uh, fourth-year junior, fifth-year junior at OSU. I, I love school, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> they pay me to say that one. Um so I, I I used to fish with my dad a bit. We would go fishing uh, like, you know, 10 to 20 times a year. Decent amount from like age 6 to 18. Um, once I got to college, fished less, less money. Had to pay him for my own worms. Um, fished a bit with him, a little bit. Surprisingly, we've only gone fishing together like maybe three times, which is crazy. I know. Like some of the other guys like... Like, Dean, I definitely went fishing with Dean, like, quite a few times. Yeah. I felt like it was never good, though. It was always freezing, and, like, yeah. I wanted to die. But, like, yeah. definitely a lot more than what... Surprisingly, you and I went fishing. I know. I'm shocked. Um, but it's fun. I like to eat fish. I love fish, dude. Tilapia, catfish. Ah! Hello. But I, I love bourbon. Oh, walleye perch, too. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll bring out a couple bags of that. Oh, that's incredible. what I needed to bring. You need to bring that. Dude, I've got so many at home in the freezer. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you you, you, you got to go pick up more stuff from there, right? Uh, Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen. Um, But I... So, about eight years ago, let's see, 2012, why... Um, Six years ago, my dad got into bourbon from a buddy of his. Shout out to Steve and my dad, Jeff. Um, Steve got Jeff Hefe into bourbon. Um, and when we would go on like road trips my together, like, we, went, <laughs> we went to like New Orleans, northern Louisiana, um, sometimes 
Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Indiana, whatever. Um, he would oftentimes get bourbon. Um, a couple times he found some, some unicorns, some hard-to-finders down in Louisiana. Um, and so when I got to be the, the ripe young age of 21, old, two years ago, damn, I'm old. Not as old as you, but I'm old. Oh my gosh, I turned 25 in like a couple weeks. That's rough. I just turned 23 just to keep hey, the record keep straight. Hey, keep the car insurance. Yeah, that's true. Um, I got into bourbon uh, when I turned 21. I mean, let's be real. I still drink it before that. Don't tell Hefe. But um, <laughs> I, I actually started to really get into bourbon about April, I want to say. Well, I don't know why I looked at you. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> Yeah, but I was um, busy going to school. Yeah, busy, <laughs> busy being a falcon. Um, <laughs> go birds, go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got into bourbon about April. Before that, I like I liked bourbon. Like I, um, I had a bottle of Basil Hayden because I thought it was smooth. Because everything eighty proof is smooth. I just didn't realize that at the point. Um, I had like a Weller Special Reserve and a Ancient Ancient Age, which I thought was the greatest bourbon ever. Still good, not great. Um, and then April, I don't know what it was, something just clicked. And I'm just like, I, I remember sitting on my couch in my house, nicknamed Bangtown, like the sign behind the camera, thinking, RIP, yeah, ghost, ghost town now, um, thinking, damn, this bourbon I'm drinking is so good. And I think it was like Weller Antique, like an Antique 107. And I went and bought some more bottles and made some bourbon friends and bought more and drank more. And sooner or later, here I am um, making a bourbon video podcast, YouTube channel, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, excluding Cameron, we have six other roommates, four of them didn't even like bourbon in April that much. And now all four of them love bourbon. And now we have like 70-something bottles. In so house. many bottles in our house, collectively. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been able to get some friends into bourbon. Um, it's been awesome. Bourbon, it's a, it's a great way to... Um, I mean, I it's know, just exciting. your time with your friends. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, like, what was it, like three, four weeks ago? Like, you and one of our roommates, like, literally, like, just to get a bottle of... I think it was bland. But um, what? Oh, uh, Jan Eagle. Yeah, Elmer. Who's that? Was oh this? yeah, it was, it was no. It was the, this bottle. It was the Elmer T. Lee. Um, they they slept in his truck in the parking lot. Got up yeah. and camped out. Like, I mean, great. like just like I mean, that's awesome. Like, yeah, met some cool people. Met Cam Cam Porter. If if you watch this, Cam, different you're Cam. Welcome for the shout out. He's he's his last name's Will. His name's actually James. Crazy, right? Um, met Mike. Mike's a cool guy. Uh, John. Found out I actually went to school with his daughter. Crazy, small world. Um, yeah, it's been sweet. You meet so many people in the bourbon community, especially here in Columbus. And it's crazy to think, because like Columbus, when I think of Columbus, I think of the Buckeyes. I do not think of bourbon. And, oh, but the community all. here is like, it's thick. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, and I've gotten into better bourbon. Like, like literally back in April... Bland's was easily my favorite. Nothing topped Bland's. And now it's like I've had these. It's like it has some B-Tacks and like Pappy 10-year. Sam Houston 14-year. Absolutely um, banger. If you don't have it, 
get it. Please. You can't get it. We're going to talk more steal about it. it later. Actually, like, don't steal it. That's bad. But Another like, time. Finally, finally get it. We're actually going to do a video about that. Yeah. So. Not stealing, but like drinking. So, so good. Like, it's great. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. There's a reason it won 2020 Bourbon of the Year. Yes. What did it win that for? What, like... I don't know. Do we know if it actually won or are we just saying it? I don't laugh. We're just saying it. <laughs> it's just like... It was, it's our 2020 Bourbon of the Year and it's fucking November. October. Whatever. Yeah. Wait. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to say a lot of bad words on here. Some of them we won't, you know, out. That's our sound instead of a beep. Um, some of them we will. Most of them we will. Probably most of them. Yeah, I like to say things. The podcast might whatever. might get a, through a few of them to sneak in just because it's an hour long's worth of editing, which yeah. turns into like four hours worth of editing for me. I'm sorry. But like the but like the, the, the like the like the the short videos, like yeah, you'll definitely hear some yeah. some bottle pops. Absolutely. Alright, so for the podcast though, so we're going to do these about once a month. Um, You can get all the other videos, we're just going to try and like crank them out as much as we can. Um, Yeah. You know, we we do live uh, busy lives, you know, got a lot lot going on, so... Columbus, Ohio is a lot busier than it may seem in the the rest of the country. So, you know, but we're going to hopefully be putting out some videos... Uh, at least once a week, uh, once every two weeks for sure, um, and those will be the, the fishing technique videos, the bait reviews, the bourbon reviews, the pop the tops, um, and then the flight fishing where we do the blind flights. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but these, uh, these, the podcast themselves are gonna be once a month, uh, roughly an hour long. I don't know. Hopefully we can make it an hour long. I think we'll make. Who oh, the knows? Bottle cap. Uh, bottle top noise. Um, <laughs> And yeah. we're just going to talk about, you know, everything going on in the bass fishing world, uh, our thoughts, um, my thoughts mostly. Uh, yeah. Joey will get there. I'll have uh, some thoughts. Uh, right the bourbon, we'll bourbon world and everything going on in the bourbon world, everything Joey's diving into in that, everything I'm diving to, into in that. Um, and then, obviously, you can't have bourbon and bass fishing. He's right. And not drink bourbon. Right. First, before we pour and talk about what we're drinking, should we uh, we talk about how we became friends even? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's dive into yeah. that. Yeah. No one knows like our background, obviously, except the people who we forced to watch this and share it on Facebook. Well, our special reserve can wait a couple more minutes. Yeah, Larson. As you've seen, it hasn't in the past. So. <laughs> um, but so yeah. No. Uh, yeah. What was it? Four years, uh, four years ago, I came up. I got accepted into uh, the Ohio State University. The uh, Go Buckeyes, by the way. Go Bucks. And I actually had a class with one of my friends. Her name is Haley, and I was doing absolutely awful in this class. I was. It's bad. It was rough. Uh, it's psychology. I'm not big on psychology. Um, it was actually Wait, envir- it was a psychology class. It's environmental psychology. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. What the frick? Yeah, it was actually a really interesting class. I was just terrible at it. Interesting. I also slept through like way too many classes, so there was that. Is it eight a.m.? So you know, you know how that goes. Anyway, uh, I asked her to help me on my final exam. She invited me out. She went to a little Bible study. Um, that's where I met Joey. Him and I started hanging out at the Bible study. You know, I started coming out to it a lot more and. Well, now I religiously go to this church with him. 
And yeah, uh, I moved into the house with them where we uh, live with a bunch of other roommates who also go to the same church. Uh, what is it called? Dwell now? Dwell. Dwell Community Church. Yeah. Check it out. Uh, I mean, we have a great time following God, drinking bourbon, bass yeah. fishing. I mean, it's a great time. Those little, little do many know that what we do here, drinking bourbon, having a good time, no way against what the Bible says. It's totally okay in the realm of Christianity. Amen. We're not getting drunk. You know, we're not blacking out. None of that. But we are enjoying the hell out of this bourbon. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah, known each other for about four years. Been, uh, you know, getting to know Jesus together, um, drinking bourbon. Um, it's been fun. And now we are... Uh, Finally got to kick off this uh, podcast we've been I talking know. about for a bit. About time. Yeah. Super excited. All right. So, first off, what are you drinking tonight, Joey? What am I drinking? What are you drinking? I'm just kidding. It's like that scene from Superbad. Out. <laughs> I am sipping on my newly acquired, as you can see by, there's barely anything gone from this bottle, just but, but two drinks, um, my newly acquired Larceny Barrel Proof Batch B520, the May of 2020 bottling release. I love this stuff. It is, see, my, my usual whiskey, love it. Um, whiskey taste is, I prefer nice, sweet, fruity whiskeys, like, uh, not like, you know, bird dog blackberry. No offense. Uh, <laughs> crown peach. No offense. Um, but, like, when I when I like to drink bourbon, I like the notes to be more sweet, you know, citrusy, strawberry, like, vanilla cream, kind of like a lot of the Nashville. He likes his candy bourbon is what I he's do. saying. Yeah. Um, but this one actually is very smoky. I mean, it's barrel proof, um, bottled at. 122.2 proof. They don't have an age statement on this, which is crazy. Not a lot of bourbon has age statements anymore. Um, throw her right there. Yeah, they gotta they gotta keep that secret. When they throw in that like uh, that like two year old bourbon with that like eight year old bourbon just to help fill it, <laughs> they, they, yeah. you, they don't want you to know about that. Tastes like limestone water and smoke. Nice earthy. It's like I have never had a bourbon that looks so different than it, but tastes so much like scotch. It's weird. Like it's not a lot of sweetness. Like not a lot of like candy notes. Um, really at all. Um, Which goes absolutely against like your preferred palate. Right. Like I said, but it is it is so good. One of my favorite barrel proof, full proof whiskeys out there. What are you drinking? Well, tonight, you know, I got my nice uh, Weller Special Reserve. Um, I know that in a lot of places in the country, this is kind of hard to get, but here in Ohio, you know, this came in my cereal box this morning, so, uh, it's basically ready, readily available, like, you know, if I go down the store and get on the bus, they might be giving them away on the bus, so, you know. You them everywhere here, like rats. Yeah, I mean, if I go dig in the backyard, someone probably buried one just because, like, they were bored and wanted to bury something. So they buried time capsules. But, uh, yeah, it's not a time capsule. It's more like a... Although, yeah. although, crazy enough, the awful thing about Ohio is you can... This is about the only, like, 
allocated, readily available bourbon. Like there's there's be. other that are allocated that are good, and there's non-allocated bourbon that's good. Old Granddad 114, I love it. Well, I I will definitely be drinking this probably, drinking that stuff on our next podcast episode. But like these, these five, this never seen in Ohio, lottery only, not even on Ohio's liquor website. Once a year comes to Ohio, literally once a year. This very it's a, small. It's release. monthly, but like yeah, small quantities. Um, and then this stuff comes like it's here for about two to three weeks three times a year but that's it um so that's what sucks about ohio you don't get a lot but the prices are beautiful what, what did you pay for that i paid twenty dollars twenty dollars actually i paid it was like nineteen dollars yeah. i don't know how in a controlled state you got it for less don't, I, I don't know maybe not say where you got it just for the sake of i, I won't either but i'll just say like you know we looked at my bank statement afterwards pulled up my credit card information and yeah yeah. I got charged nineteen dollars and something cents for this and everyone's like what happened? I'm like, eh, I don't know, but uh here we are. But uh yeah, I really like it. It's it's an interesting whiskey. It's uh it's a sweet and bitter, smoky. Um it's what's it, eighty ninety proof? Mm-hmm. Yeah, only ninety proof. So it's it, it's really easy to drink. I mean like the first night I had this bottle I honestly put back half the bottle, and I didn't mean to. I just kind of looked back and realized I, next time I went for a refill and was like, oh, my gosh, half the bottle's gone. Ugh. But, uh, I mean, it's just it's it's just a good bourbon to drink. Like, I, know, I know some of y'all will be looking and be like, man, I wish I had some Weller. Man, I wish you had some Weller, too. <laughs> it's really good, though, but... Ah, uh, but... All right, so another thing we want to talk about here, though, is uh, we're going to keep this strictly to just bourbon and bass fishing on the podcast. We'll talk about some other stuff going on around the world. Uh, One important thing we kind of want to hit on real quick is something I feel strongly about, Joey feels strongly about, um, and a lot of other people feel strongly about, and that is MLB baseball. Playoff Um, baseball, baby. Playoff October. Baseball. I played baseball all growing up. I actually got. I played a, through from third through sixth grade. Absolute slugger yeah. through there. Uh, I had a college scholarship. Ended up not getting to go for some other reasons. Uh, thanks shoulder. Um, but anyway, here we are. Thanks shoulder. Here we are. But um, yeah. So uh, Joey's actually an Atlanta Braves fan. Who uh, for those of you who don't know, they're playing the. LA Dodgers right now in the NLCS. Um, and as of tonight, as of filming this video, uh, they had a two-game lead. Well, they they did. So Joey, nobody's here about it. Hey Joey, how do you feel about the the Dodgers showing in Game Three? I feel eleven run top. I don't like the things that come out of your mouth right now, and I feel triggered. Um, I think that we will be fine. Um, Kyle Wright is a rookie. He had pitched once in the playoffs before, and that was last week. He got teed up. Like, they they, they took everything from him tonight. And Gary Grant Dayton. Gary, 11 idiot. runs. Yeah, 11 runs in the first <laughs> inning against us. It was bad. But we won the previous two games, and if we can win two games against the Dodgers... 
with the way our bat hitting is and the way our pitching is, like other than stupid ass Kyle Wright and Grant Dayton um, and Josh Tomlin, he also sucks. Um, we'll be fine. Um, we're still up in the series, two to one. Um, we've got Bryce Wilson also, unfortunately, making a debut in the playoffs, but he's he pitched his ass off this year. He'll, he'll be pitching tomorrow, um, probably today when you when you see this video, um, as it'll be a Thursday. Possibly Friday, so possibly yesterday. Yeah. So, Depending on how quick I can. As much this. as I know Cameron is joking, and we're gonna we're gonna mess with each other a lot in this during this in the, the, the tenure of this podcast, um, YouTube channel, whatever you want to call all it. all three episodes, obviously. Yeah, all, every everything um, before we get canceled by. You know, COVID police, COVID oh, police, PC, PC police, Lord Zuckerberg. I don't know. Nothing to do with Facebook. He just <laughs> controls everything. Um, Cameron, he, he kids a lot and he's messing with me, but I, I'm okay with it, especially since I know he's a Red Sox fan. I'm fine. Yeah. We won like 20 something games this year. It was, uh, it was rough. Um, Last year, when they uh, let Mookie Betts go, like the narrative was he wasn't coming back. Like that's what I was getting from all the talks, everything. Mookie Betts wasn't coming back. You knew I didn't think we were going to make the playoffs last year. We didn't. Pretty sure we didn't. And yeah, I mean, you should have traded him. Should trade him off. Like Mookie Betts was kind of player you could have traded and gotten like. Like two like like above average players, you know, to fill in that lineup, and then like probably like one or two good prospects to go yeah. with them. Prospects that you didn't shittily draft. Yeah, and uh, guess what? We didn't do that, so he left for <laughs> the Dodgers. Yeah, thanks uh, a lot for that one. <laughs> and uh, the pain tonight on so that. Uh, the you know the Mookie jersey in the closet is uh, it you cried a jersey. I do. Wow. Yeah, that, that hurt. So, it, it um, real man tears when we lost him, but at the same time, like... Also, Mookie, what a name. Awesome. Yeah, but, like, what a player. What a player. Do you imagine how much he probably got made fun of in high school and middle school for having the name Mookie? That's probably why he's so good. Yeah, think about a guy who makes who made fun of him, and he's, like, looking at him now and be like... Yeah. Oh, wow, that guy is literally... It's like, like a boy named Sue. He's a baseball like, guy. Like the Johnny Cash song. There's a reason he's a badass is because he had to get through life hard. <laughs> yeah. With a name like that. I mean, like... So, you know, props to Mookie as he goes on and the tries Mookie. to... I'm just kidding. Fuck him. <laughs> Bottle top noise. Uh, Why am I drinking the Mookie? Freddie Freeman. MB free, baby. MB free. Freddie Freeman. 2020 NLM. Definitely Freddie Freeman, though. Uh, props to you for sticking with a terrible team like the Braves for so many years of your career, and then now it's turning into good. Like, it is awesome. Props you. to you. Your hard work has paid off, and your willingness to stick there. And now you're in a position to where if you win two more games, you're in a World Series. In a World Series, and if you don't win two more games, and if your lose. World Series is like against the Rays, so like. Well, one thing about that is, well, I mean, possibly Ashes, which I hope they don't ever win another For game. Love of God. But, yeah, like, if you play the. Ashes over there to hit. Uh, no, no okay. it's over by you. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, curveball. Um, <laughs> if it's the Astros in the World Series versus 
any team in the b- big leagues, it'll be Astros versus the world because everyone will hope that their bus gets a flat tire on the way to the stadium. Yeah. And they don't even play. No uh, but if it's the Rays, like, at the same time, like, it's just the Rays. Like, I honestly think the best game of baseball or the best series in baseball playoffs is going on right now between Dodgers and Braves. That is the true World oh, yeah. Series. Whoever wins that is going to win the actual World Series. You heard it here. Uh, probably not first. I bet probably that's. Not, but bet that's I, think we, I think it'll be true. But yeah. if we lose three of the next four games um, and we lose this series, all hope's not lost because next year we will have everyone back. The only player we need to re sign is Marcelo Zuna. We'll probably re sign because he loves playing here. And Christian Pache will be better. We'll have Mike Soroka Douglas back. Douglas O'Malley quote, uh, Fat Marzuna. Fat Marzuna? Yeah, Fat Marzuna. He's not that big. Uh, He's thick. Douglas he ain't O'Malley. Pablo Sandoval big, that's for Probably sure. a Daniel Funk uh, quote there, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. Every time yeah, me and Down 3-1 podcast. podcast uh, yeah. We will. Whoa. Did we really? We just, we did, we just did that. Yeah. Have they given us a shout-out yet? No. Well, this, I guess we this have is episode this is first one, video. But they, if they don't give us a shout-out, then... There's there's gonna be some issues. So our friends Doug and and Funk they have a baseball and soccer podcast called Down Three One. Um, yeah, Funk's a big Braves fan. Got me into the Braves. Um, His Apple Watch the other night literally went off and asked him if he was okay because his heartbeat was irregular for someone not exercising. He was watching the Braves game. Yeah, it was crazy. It was when uh, well, I think probably when Ozzy hit that bomb. Oh no, 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 probably when Austin Riley hit that bomb. That bombed right or left in the in the ninth. That was incredible. But uh, every time we play um, MVP Baseball 2005 in the GameCube, literally any time a player comes up to bat who is remotely overweight, he just calls him fat. <laughs> Doesn't even call him by the name. Calls him fat. So Marcelo uh, Zuna. He definitely did that when we played the show. But if we can keep Marcelo Zuna, if we can make sure that we maintain the talent that like. Ozzy, Ronald, Freddie, Travis Darno, who's had a breakout year at catcher, um, and like Dansby, Austin Riley. Like, if we can keep our key players, bring up Christian Pache, who has been in now for the injured Adam Duvall uh, in center, um, and we'll have Mike Soroka back to pair with Max Freed, um, and Ian Anderson, who has killed it 15, 50, what is it, 15 and two thirds? Innings pitched in the playoffs so far, not a single earned run. Incredible. He's 22. That will be a pitching nightmare. Red Sox 2030 will be our year. Uh, we won four World Series in the past 20 years, so just take what you can get. Yeah. Anyway, so speaking of Joey's interest, uh, Joey actually had uh, what, what you had a, a meeting. A meeting tonight. Yeah. Uh, earlier tonight, what was it? The Central Ohio. Whiskey Society. Cows. Yeah. So, yeah, um, our, uh, our fearless leader, Eric Smith, uh, a wonderful man, he, um, a year ago, this was actually our, our one-year anniversary meeting, he started the Central Ohio Whiskey Society, the Cows, in partnership with Buckeye Bourbon House, a um, bourbon bar attached to the Marriott Hotel down on um, East Gay in uh, downtown Columbus. And they started the Cows, started at 12 people, and now a year later, we're up over 1,000 people. It's awesome. I only joined back in, in July. My first, or maybe June, my first meeting was August, and it was dope. Like, we get blind a blind flight of three different 
bourbons, each with like a different theme. Like uh, the first week, I don't remember what our theme was, but it was like Jim Beam Repeal Batch, which was the Boone County, um, the seven year single barrel OHLQ pick, which was decent. And then um, Wyoming Whiskey, which is also decent. Um, September meeting, we got uh, this bottle and bond, so Jim Beam bottle and bond, which actually won for me, which I was shocked that Jim Beam bottle and bond won, because it's $20 whiskey, Jim Beam's like, kind of known for being like, just average, kind of subpar whiskey, even though they're a lot, they make a lot of good stuff. Um, Heaven, or Henry McKenna, 10 year bottle and bond, single barrel, which I don't like, and I didn't like it then. Um, <laughs> never have. Uh, and then, Wilderness Trail, Bottled and bond. Um, that's where you got that. That's the meeting you got these glasses, right? Yes, I got these glasses there. Um, if you can see the little symbol there, uh, it's the Maker's Mark symbol. We got a rep going my to to come in um, from Maker's Mark to uh, over Zoom, of course, COVID friendly. Um, and she actually got their master distiller to come into the Zoom call um, that's, and talk to us about the Maker's Mark history. And it's pretty good. Gave us uh, these Pretty glasses. big uh, distillery, too. Yeah. yeah. They're a pretty the big company. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're pretty big. Small distillery itself, like their ground. Their grounds are big. The distillery itself is small, but like their wearable. Yeah, they're, they're, they're aware, their brand awareness. Yeah. Their, uh, it's the uh, it's it's the wax, man. The wax, the red wax. Oh, yeah, dude. The wax is cool. I mean. It's dope. It's hard to uncork it a bit which we'll find I, out here in a couple weeks but uh, I, I, yeah i mean uh we'll have a uh we actually have a maker's mark coming up for uh a pop the top episode coming up it's the maker's mark uh the private select honeysuckle yeah so it's an ohio an ohlq which is the ohio ohio liquor uh agency yeah. that runs all the allocation here they uh did a barrel pick or a agency pick whatever you want to call it um, and it's honeysuckle flavor, so we got our hands yeah. on it, and I'm excited for that one. I am really excited. It's supposed to be really, really. Oh good. yeah, um, yeah, that's exciting. But so yeah, Maker's Mark came. They gave us these glasses, this one and that one. They gave us a pen, dope. Um, a couple other things maybe, uh, but it was awesome. They gave us four samples. They gave us a sample of their Maker's Cask Strength, which is phenomenal. Their Maker's 46 cask strength, which is a new release this year, which I actually had a bottle of. Is that the limited edition one for this year? Yeah. I had a bottle already, um, but I liked it, so I'm glad I got an even more sample. Um, Last year's wood finishing series in 2019, the RC6, which is, it's good. Not great, but it's good. But then this year's 2020 wood finishing, the uh, SE4 phenomenal so good i that stuff was easily the best of the bunch my dad's in north carolina currently gets back tomorrow um he's done a, a little surf fishing trip um there on the, co- the the atlantic coast and he found a bottle there and i was like he sent me every time he goes out of state he sends me pictures um of like liquor stores he goes into because yeah, like, crazy hey, enough hey should i pick this up yeah or should i pick it's this like, up even though he got me into bourbon i surprisingly and more into it and know more about it than he does now but he sent me a picture of that and i'm just like oh my god yes and he was like it's one of the best he's tried like it's it's phenomenal makers mark you're doing something right thanks for uh, hooking us up 
last month. Yeah, which is crazy because like Maker's Mark is one of those brands that like a lot of people try to hate on. Yeah. And to be fair, the normal Maker's Mark, I will say this um, subjectively, my opinion, I do not like it. It's a little I nutty. Think it tastes yeah. bad. Um, I but I think the I think it's similar to like Jack Daniels. Uh, Except not as much banana. <laughs> Uh, but I th- I think it's similar to Jack Daniels and like once you get into like bourbon and whiskey and all that like a lot of people want to hate on those big brands because they're like oh they're just cheap like money grab whiskeys they're not very good but then like Jack Daniels like I'll admit like number seven like I used to drink it when I was like a freshman in college back in Texas and like hey, oh my gosh like no but um like it was, it was uh, air quotes good to me then. It wasn't good to me. It's then. like kind of like how when I first got into whiskey, I thought Benchmark was like phenomenal. Yeah, and then, uh, but it's one of those like when you try everything but their basic, their basic, you know, whiskey bourbon that they put out, like, like the Jack Daniels Select and the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Barrel Proof are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, the, the heritage. I have not had the heritage. So a guy at the Whiskey Society meeting today, which, yeah, that's why we're talking about it. Like, if we didn't already say it, like, I had our, we had our October meeting today before this. He he said that the, the Jack Daniels heritage, one of the best whiskeys he's had. Gotta get our hands on that. Yep. If you want to send us a sample, Mr. Listener, Mrs. Listener, feel free. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, what is it? The, uh, uh, I had a bottle of uh, the single barrel barrel proof which geez i've had that for two something years i got it before i ended that up that was before the label was uh gold no the label's gold on that one no that was a black label no mine's a gold label it's in, in the kitchen right now it's gold label no yeah, i'm pretty sure it's gold label all right keep talking no no just sit down um anyway uh i'm be right uh, so, like, I mean, that was, like, phenomenal, but, like, you're right, like, it's, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of banana in there, but, like, seriously, I, I think a lot of people try to hate on, like, Maker's Mark, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, yeah. but then when you taste, you know, Wild Turkey's another one, but then when you, like, taste their, like, stuff that isn't their basic, their, their, their cheap $20 or less bottle of whiskey that they're popping out, then you're like, oh wow, it's this is good. really good. Damn and good. it's like, there's a reason they're in business this yeah. long, and it's because they're popping out some good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Maker's Mark. And I think that's the thing with Maker's Mark. Like yeah. the first, like the just Maker's Mark is like big. But then you like taste all your the other stuff. Like, like we said, you know, we're gonna do a pop the top with the the Maker's Mark, the special edition, the honeysuckle. And I'm stoked about that. That's going to taste so good. It's probably going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Easily. And, you know, it's just exciting. You know, and I think it's crazy. Like, you know, so many people, like, you know, give some of these companies, like, such a bad rep. And it's like, you're giving a bad rep, though, but you're you're eating their trash. Or you're drinking their trash. Yeah. Like, that's, like, their lowest of the low. Yeah. Which, I mean, I say that as I'm drinking Weller a 19. Right, dollar. which, but, which by the way, twenty sub twenty five dollar bottles. Yeah, like sub twenty dollar bottle, like, wow. or sub twenty five dollar. Like that'd be poor there. America, whatever America. But um, I mean it's just a fantastic bottle. But uh, 
But yeah, uh, talk a little bit about your meeting tonight. Like, uh, you had what the Heaven Hill? Heaven Hill rep there yeah. tonight. So this, I'm gonna step by step. I won't take long. I might. Who knows? Um, I like to talk clearly. Um, so me and my buddy Keegan. Shout out to Keegan. Don't know how to say your last name. Legitimately, been known this dude for three years. Probably been doing bourbon stuff together for like almost a year at this point. Still don't know how to pronounce his last name. No clue. But. Keegan's cool. Good good friend. Um, we have been going for the last three months to the Whiskey Society. We get there. Um, we're waiting at the bar there. It says the meeting's in the back in their little meeting room. Big meeting room. Um, and so we got to sign in, check in. And we're looking at the bar, seeing what they have. And we see that they got the Elijah Craig 18. The new like 2020 mm-hmm. yep. bottling of the um, of Elijah Craig 18. And so we're like talking about it, like, damn, they got that. Like, oh, we should try it sometime. Don't want to buy it at the store. Like, Keegan saw at uh, a local liquor store and didn't buy it because it's $130. And I'm, I would not, I have not heard great things about it um, prior. Um, and so I wouldn't pull, pull on it at $130, um, even though that's probably the minimum. But. Little did we know that as we're standing about three, four feet, five feet back from the bar, the woman in front of us to the right keeps looking at us. And I'm thinking she's just, you know, just listening to what we're saying. She's just looking at the beauty that is Joey's uh, cute hair, as you would call it. That'll work. Um, but she turns <laughs> around and she's like, do you guys want to try it? And we're like, who the, who the heck is this? It's like does she work here? What's up? And we're like confused. She's like, don't worry. I'm, I'm with Heaven Hill. I'm here for like, I'm the Heaven Hill rep here for the meeting. So, the, and it, which I, I was shocked. I was expecting a Zoom call, but she came in person. She happened to be the Ohio rep for Heaven Hill. So like, she you. lives in Ohio anyway. She's local. Um, don't remember her name. We need um, I'm going to be honest. Game. Only heard it once. Hopefully, uh, I will find out. And I can Shout out right now, um, and I can tag her. In this yeah, Ohio Heaven Rip Hill Rep, uh, thank you, and you'll see why. Thank you very much. Um, and so she's just like, we're like, oh, no, we're about to go to the Whiskey Society, and she's like, no, like, I'm the Heaven Hill Rep. Elijah Craig 18, Heaven Hill, like, you got to try it. And so she buys each of us a shot of it, and we try it, and it's good. Not great. It's a 90-proof whiskey, which, like, I mean, Elmer is a 90-proof whiskey, and I, I like Elmer. Not, yeah, but for $130. Yeah. Like, that's a lot for a It nice did not taste whiskey. like $130 whiskey. It tasted like it tasted like an 18-year. It was dark. It was leathery. Like, you could Oaky, tell. It felt was, like you were sucking on a baseball glove. Yes. Like, it was... It tasted old. Um, which can be good. Um, so, it wasn't bad. It was decent. And then, so we get into the meeting, all hyped up, because we got to try Elijah Craig 18 for free. Um... Thank you, Heaven Hill rep lady. Um, sit down, talk to a guy that we sat at a table with last week, talk to another couple sitting next to us. We're trying our blind. Ended up being the third, uh, the, the, the theme was single barrel. The third place one was uh, Jack Daniel's single barrel. Not the barrel strength, just the regular it's Jack Daniel's single barrel. Second was New Riff single barrel, which I actually put third on my rankings. First bottle I had, Keegan actually had a bottle and brought it over to my house. Phenomenal. This one, pfft, didn't care for it. Um, 
That's what you get with single barrel. First, home New York's a uh, new company, aren't they? They're, are, yeah, they're the ones in uh, like the Newport area, yeah, right in Cincinnati. Yeah, they're they're pretty new. They're good. Yeah, yeah that's what I've heard. I, I've heard nothing but good things about them. Yeah, that batch wasn't crazy about, but um, but then the first place, the clear winner in my opinion, oh, it was so good, was the Russell's Reserve single barrel, which Russell's Reserve, their single barrel raved by people like they're like maybe one of the most popular store picks out there personally i've had three before this did not like them this one was so good it was little it, it was like a butterscotch and a honey party in my mouth it was great uh, it might have sounded weird but we're gonna move past it full steam ahead um so we have blind we get some announcements about it our like uh, something you'd get like if your grandma you some candy. I know. Like here's some dude, here's some honey stuff. candy and some butterscotch. Like grandma's the butterscotch. My grandma, one of my grandmas used to have this big ass tub, like as big as like my head, maybe bigger. Um, uh, it was just full of caramels. And I love little square caramels. Love them. Once yeah. I ate so many that I puked, could never do caramel since then. The only caramel I'll eat now is my Twix bar. Like and, and, bar. and yet you like yet, suck down bourbon, which is like. There's so much caramel. So many like caramels. Like 90% of the bourbons. Like the first thing that hits your nose is caramel. Yeah, very popular. Um, I like Snickers, like Twix, but outside of that, can't do caramel. Um, anyways. So he's announcing some stuff about the new CALS, you know, Central High Whiskey Society, that's our acronym. Um, Glenn Cairn glasses he ordered, some merchandise, uh, a bottle giveaway. He, we did our little raffle of everyone that was there, because usually it's 10 bucks for the meeting. I gotcha. This time it was 15 $5 went towards the raffle and to uh, help cover the, uh, the staff there at Buckeye Bourbon House. Um, Raffled off a bottle of the, the new Little Book Batch 4, um, which, nice. I didn't win. And then he talked about the Woodford Double Oak Barrel Pick we're doing. He didn't win yet, is what he's talking yet. about. Yet. Just you wait. And then we do two more raffles that nice Heaven Hill lady, don't remember her name again, um, brought the merch for us. One was a little mini barrel from Heaven Hill that you can just put stuff in to finish it, age it, whatever, whatever. Didn't win that one, but what I did win was this. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome. So many of you know Heaven Hill has many different labels. It's got their regular Heaven Hill six year, their Heaven Hill bottle and bond, their Heaven Hill quality house, their mellow corn. They've got their weeders like the old Fitzgerald decanters, the Larceny, Larceny barrel. <coughs> Elijah Craig. <coughs> Elijah Craig. Many E's. Evan Williams, you know. Elijah Craig. Yeah, come home tonight. I, I was hanging out with a couple guys watching the awesome. uh, Braves get demolished by the Dodgers. Fucking uh, whatever, dude. At the uh, at the bra house here and uh, the bra house, dude. Uh, I don't need Hofbrau House. <laughs> Close to it's the, a German place. We'll yeah. just keep it. Yeah, having myself a Hefe Weizen, a liter of Hefe Weizen. That's so much beer. Um, and then I come home, and this is just kind of sitting there. And he's like, dude, look what I won tonight at the meeting. And I'm like, oh, my God. Awesome. So we're going to put it up here. Yeah, we'll Elijah Craig. Toast to Elijah Craig. Barrel which, top. To oh, like, flip that over. Flip that over. Yeah, look yeah. at that char. You get the char on the inside. Like, they put a little thing on here to where you could oh, uh, 
hang it up, but man, it's still got the barrel char on the inside, yeah. which is so awesome. Which, Elijah Craig, small batch for $30, it's decent. Not as good as that, but it's good. They're uh, barrel proof. A lot of them are really good. Some of them, eh. But that toasted barrel, which we had tonight, she gave us some samples. She gave us a sample of the uh, small batch, the new C920 barrel proof. Um, which was actually I liked it better than the A120 which I have upstairs there up in the house um, I don't know about the B520 don't have that um, I don't have that bottle anymore um, but it has my Keegan has one so I might have to drink it see what I think but that toasted barrel Elijah Craig oh I've been God, so excited it. about that I want to get my hands on it and get some so good everyone I talk to is it's like, like marshmallows dude marshmallows and I don't even that's, like cinnamon that much. And the marshmallows, it's like eating a s'mores. That's exactly what they say. They're like, if you love s'mores, you're going to love this yeah, toasted barrel. It's awesome. And there's so many people who give it so much hate. Like, I see so many people are like, this is the worst bourbon ever created. But then, like, there's I see so people on the other side that are like, look, dude, like a Friday or Saturday night with all the crew out by a fire and you drink some of this, like, this is where it's at. It is great. And I'm just like, I want that. Like, I'm a big fan. I, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. Bourbon, I believe, is something that is, no matter how nice it is, how expensive it is, is something that is meant to be enjoyed with people. When you buy a $200, a $300, yeah. $400,000, thousands of dollar bourbon, like you're, you're buying something that is meant for enjoying with other people. And something like toasted marshmallow, to me, it just says, hey, guess what? I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm here to have it with a bunch of people. Anyway, so uh, we're going to take a small break here, and then we'll be back. Yep. Uh, we'll take a, we'll, we'll use this to do our little message from our sponsor. Uh, that'll be Anchor, and here's our message. All right, back from that sponsor, uh, message from our sponsor, Anchor. Uh, special thank you to them. You know, they really they do help great. us uh, get our uh, podcast, not only uh, taking the audio from, you know, we like to post this on YouTube so you get to see us talking, get to see the interaction. It feels more personable. But also, like, if you're driving down the road, you know, look us up on iTunes, look us up on Spotify, look us up on whatever the hell that Android uses because, you know, people are still using Androids. Um, whatever that is. Um, and Anchor helps us get, get our podcast audio out to those areas too. So, uh, special thanks to them. Um, so if you didn't hear the message and you were on YouTube, well, you know, that's, uh, that's you. That's um, okay. It's okay. Soon it'll, it'll, be, it'll be sponsored by the Cash App. Gotta love the Cash App. That'd be nice. Yeah, anyway, so next section, uh, we just... We were just talking about bourbon, talking about the Elijah Craig Heaven Hill meeting, um, and the beautiful barrel top that Joey won. Uh, and that's absolutely awesome. So uh, we're going to segue into the, from that, and we're going to go into the bass fishing part of this. I know uh, not all of you are here for that, but uh, some of you are probably trying to skip straight to this part. You're like, I don't give a damn about this bourbon stuff. I'm going to tell you, grab a glass change your mind real shit but bass fishing 
So one thing I want to talk about today, uh, something that's kind of prevalent right now. Uh, in the bass fishing world, we've got a bunch of shakeups going on right now. So the, uh, the, in the past couple years, we had the MLF come out. You know, a lot of anglers were uh, disgruntled. They weren't happy with how things were being run from the organization leadership standpoint. Those bastards. <laughs> and uh, so they kind of broke off. They, you know, and they created the uh, Bass Pro Tour, Major League Fishing, all that fun stuff. And, you know, it took the, the bass fishing world by storm. They were like, oh, how are we going to do with a, a new Pro Tour? And in my mind, like, that new Pro Tour, the Bass Pro Tour, it, it fit in perfectly. Um, not in a way that, like, like took over from anyone but in a way that like it, it fit in its own niche like it was insane it, i felt like the bass pro tour was really good for like diehard fans who were dying like to me. watch sure we'll go with that diehard yeah. fans who were wanting to watch you know kevin van dam uh you know kevin van dam greg hackney uh is that the Eric... sedwick guy still fish or is he, is he real old now? who sedwick Sounds German, so or nah, Russian. He was, he, was, he, was a, he was a guy, fisher guy back in the day. Ah, uh, okay. He was a, he was a guy. Um, he did some stuff. He he did stuff. But um, you know, you know, big time fans that want to watch, you know, these big times names. Um, and they got to on uh, the MLF. I thought personally was an interesting format. Um, the catch and release format, the uh, everything counts. I I did not think that it was better than the uh, the five fish, but I didn't think it was worse. I thought it was in its own niche. You know, in the bass fishing world, we have big fish tournaments where you're looking for one giant for the day. We have our top five, which are uh, you know your standard events, which bass and FLW are running, and then you've got your well bass FLW, you got you know ABA, all those fun guys. Um, and then you've got this MLF format where every fish counts, uh, which I thought was just unique. It was kind of like, you know, there's there's one extreme is the big fish to the other extreme. Every fish counts. And then the the top five, top five just kind of like let in there. Um, and as we know, over the past year, uh, MLF actually purchased FLW. FLW was one of the top uh two tours you know you have the bass masters and then you have the flw um you know that's something kind of like it was kind of it was kind of interesting to see you know when they when they purchased them i was wondering how it was gonna affect because you know it, it kind of hit me a little personally um because you know as a college angler during that time i fished in both the bass master events and the flw college events and so I, I was wondering, how is that going to affect those events? Um, I know some guys who fish the Costas, well, now the Toyota Series, and then guys who fish in the uh, BFLs, stuff like that. And they were all wondering, like, what's changing? And basically for the first year, it was, I mean, it was for the better. Like, I mean, besides the FLW, uh, the Forestwood Cup getting cut out, which... RIP to the Forestwood Cup. I mean, that was that was the closest thing out there to the Bassmaster Classic, and uh, MLF got rid of that. And I mean, that that's that's a terrible. Like, I thought that was a travesty. Like that 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 <laughs> that, that was. Uh, I mean, it was like think of like not the Super Bowl, but like 
the Bassmaster is the Super Bowl, but think, well, what would be one step down from the Super Bowl? Pro Bowl? Flies. Never mind. No one about the Pro Bowl. Uh, I don't know. Bottle for the top. pros? Yeah. NFC Championship? I don't know. <laughs> NFC Championship. It'd be like if they made the NL and the ALCS like a best of three series. Yeah, I mean, like, when they got rid of the Forestwood Cup, like, that was big. It was almost like, you know, you've got your, like, the Bassmaster Classic is hands down the biggest, best tournament in, in, in all of fishing. But the Forestwood Cup was basically, the Forestwood, uh, the Forestwood Cup was basically right there with it. And I was wouldn't say. Was that one in uh, South? Oh, they were all. But uh, the Forcewood Cup was, I, I wouldn't say it was as big as the Bassmaster Classic, but it held its own in that topic. Like, it wasn't the, it wasn't the Bassmaster Classic, but it was on its tail. Um, it was up there. And, you know, MLF, they got rid of that, turned into the, the title event, which this year, I mean, it, it was fun to watch, you know. Uh, watching uh, fellow Cornerstone Pro uh, Gray Buck, you know, I was rooting for him all year long to win Angler of the Year. Shout out to Gray. Like, we love Greg. Gray. 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 Greg. Gray. 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 Name's first name is Gray. Yes. G R A E. Yeah. I would. I would like him. From Penn State University. Penn State. Ooh. Yeah. About that. Yeah. If there was a man named Gray that wanted to date my daughter, I would let him do it. Anyway, uh, shout out to Gray. I mean, he fished phenomenal this year. Uh, almost taking home the FNW Pro Circuit. Um, that was one thing. You know, when MLF changed that over to the FLW Pro Circuit, like, I was wondering how that was going to go because you just made one of the top two, which at one point the FLW Pro Tour was the top tour. The Bassmaster, the Elite Series hadn't fully settled in yet. And so the Bassmaster, like top 150, top 125, whatever it was called, it was big, but I don't think it was as big as the FLW, what was called the Walmart Tour then. Walmart. Of course, you know. sponsor. Yeah, not anymore. Um, Not anymore. Not anymore. But the FLW, uh, FLW was big then, you know. And then the, uh, the Elite Series came along, and obviously they took over. And the Elite Series is the Elite Series. The Elite Series will always be the Elite Series. They showed that when, you know, a lot of them left for the MFL or the uh, MLF Bass Pro Tour, and everyone's like, oh, what's it going to be like? And, I mean, it was similar to, like, Ohio State. You know, Ohio State, they don't, they don't have to rebuild their program. They simply reload. That's how the Elite Series was. After everyone left for the Bass Pro Tour, they didn't rebuild. They reloaded. They yeah, just said, easily. welcome in. And then you got a bunch of new talent that was ready to be professionals. Um, I know I'm talking about all this kind of like dragging on. But like what I'm trying to get at is like the FLW Tour, like it, it earned its right to be a big tour. And then here over the past couple weeks, we just got the news that the MLF... Bass Pro MLF organization, which owns the Bass Pro Tour, and now all the FLW organizations, has rebranded. And when they rebranded, they got rid of FLW, and they changed it to the MLF Big Five. What? So it's, instead of Major League Fishing and FLW, it's now Major League Fishing 
in the Major League Fishing Big Five. Which... Big Five? Yes. So the Big Five, it is... Could be a reference to, you know, your five biggest fish, but also it could be, which I believe it's the reference to the tours, which is the FLW Pro Circuit, which is now what the MLF Big Five Pro Circuit, the uh, Toyota Series, which is the qualifying event, the BFLs, college events, and the high school events. Um, that's, your, that's your five. And, and you come out to the MLF Big Five, which, first off, like, great job on the name. Um, and by that, I mean, like, come on. You couldn't come up with something better. Like, that sounds... Big Five? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> it doesn't sound... I mean, it's not appealing. Like, FLW, like, you knew what the FL... Like, they said they did it for rebranding. You don't have to rebrand the FLW. It's one of the Even biggest... Even I knew what the FLW was. It's one of the biggest brands at bass fishing. That is the example right there. Nay! The whole world! Whole fucking world. I wouldn't go that far, but like FLW, like you didn't have to rebrand, okay? FLW was something that in the bass fishing world everyone knew. Okay, they saw it, they were like, "I know what that is." Okay, and over the year, you know, they earned their spot. They earned to be where they were at. And I know, like, when I was in college, FLW made a bunch of changes. Uh, we don't know if they were money-wise or what, but they made some changes. And when I was at Bowling Green, uh, I did not agree with those changes. A lot of guys in the college, in, uh, the college tour didn't agree with them. I know I started a petition. Um, and so FLW and I, we kind of butted heads a little, you know. Um, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Kevin Hunt, who is running the college and the high school series. Uh, yeah, him and I did not... We didn't see eye to eye and some of the decisions made, but at the same time, like, it's still a great series. Um, so I want to give a shout out to him and say, hey, thank you for still making yeah. a good series. I know we didn't see eye to eye, but still, still love like, you, Kevin. you know, like, two of my best finishes in college were in the FLW college series. So, um, yeah, uh, fifth place finish at a regional. And a, I actually won my last regional, which was back in July, um, here on Lake Erie, which, I mean, that was fantastic. Went out in, like, six-foot waves in a 19-foot bass boat on Lake Erie and said, eh, we'll be fine. Pulled up to our first spot, and we didn't, and we just wailed on them all day. Caught one on almost every single cast all day. I mean, it was... It, it was absolutely fantastic but anyway back, back to the topic handling we, we had our differences but at the same time like i don't think the flw deserved to uh be rebranded into nothing as the ml i know the mlf would be like oh we're just trying to make it like you know we're this big thing well no the, the mlf is wanting to bury bassmaster they're not going to do that um, and I don't think changing and getting rid of the FLW is going to do that. Like that I said, would be like if the XFL wanted to bury the NFL. I think I, I, I think you're on the right page if the XFL were to pull like some of the top, like if if Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, uh, no, not Peyton no. Manning, uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady were to leave the NFL and go play for the XFL. Guys like that. 
You not, have not say okay, okay. To to clarify, I'm not saying the was the MFL. Yeah. The MFL. MLF. Um, not to say they're like the XFL. No, it's just like the Bassmaster. That that is fishing. Yes. Bassmasters, like when people think of professional fishing, they think of Bassmaster. Yeah, they think the they they, they think of the Elite Series. They think of the uh, the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. You know, Kevin like Van Dam gets thrown in there, them. but Kevin Van Dam gets thrown in there because of what he did on the Elite Series and all that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, MLF. I I think it's just a ploy trying to bury Bassmaster. I know they're trying to show, like, hey, we're, like, the big brand here. But at the same time, like, I don't think burying FLW is going to do what you think it's going to do. Um, the Bassmaster Elite Series, they're staying around. Uh, the FLW, like, they deserve to be around. They were a very popular league, very popular brand. Uh, taking them away, they, you were already controversial uh, the MLF on how people felt about you and just taking away the FLW brand. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who don't like that. And then we have the MPFL coming up this year and you've got all this stuff. I know I may be a little biased just because I'm going to be joining the MPFL, but I really do think what Brad Fuller, um, uh, Al McCullough, and uh, Paul Benson over there. Oh. What they are, what they are doing is they are really trying to make a organization, a tournament organization about the angler. And I think the corporatization of the MLF is coming into bass fishing is Too much, is actually taking away from what the sport originally was. And I think that's uh, it's about the fish. <laughs> well, other the guys catching the fish, but you know, it's about the fish. Uh, I think, honestly, I, I think this is going to open up an avenue for the MPFL to be even a little bit bigger. Um, I joined because I thought that they were doing the right thing, and I thought the MPFL was something that could turn into, you know, the next FLW uh, Bass Pro Tour elites here. I, I thought, like, hey, this is going to be the next big thing in bass fishing. But after what the MLF is doing and all the uncertainty over there, like I honestly think that the MPFL is going to turn into that. And I think that the MLF, like they need to be careful what they're doing over there because they're going to drive some anglers. And I know we just, I'm sitting here talking, maybe I shouldn't be concerning myself with other organizations. You know, I should be worrying about catching fish. But at the same time, like this is about keeping the sport itself big and growing. And I think corporatization of bass fishing right now is actually hurting it. Uh, Luke Duncan, uh, shout out to Luke Duncan and the, uh, you know, low lifer for life. I am, uh, Joey's not, but we'll get him on that train here soon. Uh, low lifers, low, low budget life shout out. But Luke Duncan actually had a couple podcasts here recently where he talked about the corporatization of bass fishing. And I mean, that's, I think it is kind of messing with the organization. Um, the the sponsorship dollars, the 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 love for people, the concern for individuals is going away because it goes to this guy in a in a suit who does not know anything about bass fishing. He's probably never even held a crankbait. 
Am I right? I mean, there's a good chance of that. And he, yeah. he's trying to cut cut down on spending to make profits look better. So they look like they're spending more money. Yeah. And sponsorship dollars, which I know people are like, oh, wow. Like, you're a professional fisherman complaining about sponsorships. What's new? Well, I can tell you, like, That's one thing about sponsors is, like, people outside of the industry see this. I've had people talk to me, and they understand, like, why would – they've asked me, why would you go try to be a professional in an industry that is so hard to be a professional in? Because the money industry, it, it, it's it's so hard with, you know, sponsors and all that, and it's so expensive that, like, it, it's hard to get there, and – you know, companies are less and less and less willing to hand out that money to guys trying to break into the industry. Like, right. you know, myself, like I'll be on my rookie year in the pro tour this next year. And as it sits right now, I'm going in and my sponsors, um, I, I thank you to Cornerstone Bates. I thank you to Old Fart Lures. Um, and I thank you to Lurlock and uh, TRC Covers and Baitmate, but, uh, and 316 Active, but... Other than that, like, though, or kiss the rods. Other than that, like, they're they, they aren't monetized. Like, like, you know, I, I am working with some smaller companies, and they're not monetized, and the sponsorship dollars aren't there. And to keep up with the rest of the industry, it's hard to get there to where they can start offering that monetization. And you know, I I've worked hard this year trying to get monetization, and I know, um. COVID did not make that easy oh, whatsoever. No. So, like, I don't blame that. I mean, I've, yeah, I've talked to, you know, several companies where, like, you know, I've been this close from having that deal. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, Corona, the, the COVID, it, it does something. And, you know, our government has to make a stance. It says this, it closes this. And they're like, look, guy, like, we have to worry about our own people first. And I'm like, I get that. Um, so it's been it's been a little bit more difficult this year, obviously. But at the same time, like I've seen it even before I tried to go uh, professional fishing, that like the sponsorship dollars are, are are shrinking. It feels like, and what some people don't realize, like sponsorship dollars are important for the youth. And I tell you why I say this. I believe it is important that when a company invests in the future of bass fishing as a sport. You have to invest in all three stages. You have to invest in the youth. Get, get youth fish, fishing. Like, you know, if some company was, you know, when you were younger, like, invested money to get you out and fishing. Like, that would get you into it, right? Yeah, I would know more than these acronyms and what a crankbait is and <laughs> that I like to eat fish. Uh, and then from there on, like, you get them interested. But then you, you sponsor you know, the BFL levels, college level, high school level, which yeah, it keeps them going. They're like, oh, okay, there, there's, there, there's an avenue here. Um, and then you got to sponsor into the professional level for the simple fact of, you know, when I was younger, I thought about being a professional fisherman. Um, I chose to try and chase baseball first. And the reason was it was easier. Well, my, oh. No, no, it was easier to chase baseball than it was to chase professional fishing. Okay. Like, if I could hit a curveball and hit a fastball and go field a ground ball, like, guess what? You could make it to the next level. Bass fishing, you could be one of the best sticks out there, and if you don't have the right money 
talk. If you don't have the right business talk, like you're not making it to that next level because it comes it comes so important about the business aspect of the sport. Now I'm not saying like, hey, give money to everyone who uh, is a professional. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is don't forget about trying to make it accessible. With all the sponsorship dollars that are disappearing, like maybe think about trying not to turn that just to make your profit numbers look better. Like listen up, corporate <laughs> America. Like you just invest a little. It's not just an investment on this fishing guy who might drive up your sales uh, a half a percent. You know it, and your smaller companies quite a bit more, but. You know, the corporate America side. But it's also like, look, that little kid who just got into bass fishing, he looks up and it's impossible to be a pro. He's out. He's going to go play baseball. But if he sees like, look at this guy. This guy came from nothing and he did it. Guess what? I can do it. Okay. Up until the Astros cheating scandal, I loved Jose Altuve. And here's why. Jose Altuve is what? 5'5", weighs nothing and is... An amazing baseball player. I won't take those arrows in game two. I won't take that away from him now, even with the cheatings. He's an amazing baseball player. Okay? And what he he showed that kids who aren't that great, look, there's a way you can get to the pro you don't have to be six four and dropping dingers every time. You can be five five and still be an MVP in the MLB. So I just you know, uh, I feel like corporatization is hurting it. And I feel like a good example of that is right here with the FLW. Like, FLW, I think, should have been a brand that stayed around. They wanted to rebrand. I don't think that was the right avenue. I think the MLF should have stayed with the MLF. They should have found somewhere else to rebrand. But cutting out the FLW, a brand that's been around for years, a brand that is respected, and a brand that is noticed. I don't understand why you wanted to cut them out. And I don't understand why they should have been cut out. Um, and honestly, at this point, like I can see the FLW Pro Circuit or the Pro Tour or MLF Big Five Pro Circuit, whatever you want to call it now, like I, it's going to be hard to see that that stays with the way things are going because guys are trying to qualify for the BPT. Uh, there's going to be issues with that now. Uh, sponsorships, like you're not a top tour anymore. You're now the qualifying event, which is sad to say because those guys work, work their ass off to get there. I mean, they, they're good. They are professional fishermen who are in a qualifying tour for the Bass Pro Tour, which is sad to say. And as I hate to say, the FLW, which in my mind kind of held on to it, kind of helped promote those guys because it was still the FLW Pro Circuit, different from the MLF. But now it's the MLF Big Five. And to me, it just kind of throws it under the bus, turns it into another qualifying event. And here we are, just another guy's fishing in another tournament. Big old Monopoly. <laughs> but. You never know. Yeah, you know, that's just my two cents about the whole thing.
I don't know. I think you got three cents in there. That was pretty good. Maybe four. I don't know what you were talking about, but... I you enjoyed some whiskey sounded tonight. sounded like you knew what you were saying. You enjoyed some whiskey tonight. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So, we'll wrap it up right there. You know, thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. You know, if you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and share. Uh, subscribe, too. We had a blast. We're fun. Uh, we're going to try and make the videos even better as we keep coming. Uh, actually hope to get set at some point, you know. Yeah, we'll go um, our garage but, on campus. Like we said, yeah, you know, we live in, what, downtown Columbus, basically right off of Highland campus. Like, yeah, eh, we do what we can. But uh, yeah. like we said, we'll uh, like, subscribe, comment. Uh, we'll keep putting out content. We'll hope to see you next week. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Bye.